Today's passage from John's Gospel takes us to the upper room where Jesus is having his last meal with his closest disciples. Judas has just left to arrange for the Lord's arrest and crucifixion. Jesus continues teaching his disciples and now he tells them, I give you a new commandment, love one another. As I have loved you, so you also should love one another. These are his parting words to a small group who are about to scatter in fear and bewilderment, but who will encounter the risen Jesus and become the nucleus of the community Jesus will charge with spreading the gospel to the whole world. The nucleus of the church, which is to say, us. Jesus speaks across the centuries very specifically to you and to me, to the person next to you in the pew, to the lectors and altar servers, to the musicians in the choir loft, to the priest at the altar. And he speaks to us as a community about how, as his disciples, we should be church. Now, during his ministry, Jesus has already given his disciples and all the crowds who followed him the basic universal commandment about love, the so-called double love command, to love God and to love our neighbors as ourselves. And while Jesus deepened this moral precept, particularly by challenging us to see strangers as neighbors, his teaching has much in common with the norms of other moral teachers. And the words themselves are quoted directly from the Jewish Torah. So I want to say what is new about the commandment Jesus gives his closest disciples in that upper room today. But first, we should be clear about what love is, because there's an awful lot of confusion about this, especially the notion that somehow love has to do with warm feelings or strong emotions or being nice. But very simply, love is this, willing and acting for the good of another person. For the good of that person as person, not as an instrument of what I want, not as a contributor to my ideology, not as a placeholder in some pecking order, not as the object of my frustration and anger, but as a person and just as much a person as I am. Again, the love Jesus speaks of means willing and acting for the good of another person. This has nothing to do with warm feelings. 
It's about choice and behavior. Of course, the true kind of loving is not easy. We are blind, selfish, judgmental, and subject to gnawing resentments, large and small. But I think all of us know that practicing true love of God and neighbor is the only path to a good life for ourselves and for our common life together. And this is why we, and indeed the whole world, should follow Jesus's double love command. So, what is new about those parting words about love that Jesus gives his closest disciples in the upper room? Here's the key. He says, as I have loved you, so you should love one another. Jesus' own love for his disciples is the model. A few minutes earlier, he gave them an explicit example of how to treat one another when he washed the disciples' feet. After the, the example, now comes the commandment, love one another as I have loved you. Love, you will remember, means willing and acting for the good of another person. And Jesus' love for his disciples is that love, but with a unique intensification, a self-gift so total that he willingly dies for their sake and is about to do it. So that love is the model for disciples, for full-fledged followers of Jesus. Total self-gift. And Jesus is unequivocal. Now truthfully, when I try to take this in, I am knocked over and feel disheartened. It sounds impossible. It sounds like a recipe for failure. But, Remember who Jesus is speaking to, his disciples, the kernel of the church, the people to whom he would send the Holy Spirit to comfort, strengthen, and guide them, the people to whom he would give his own body and blood in the Eucharist, to whom he would give the sacraments, the guidance of scripture and teaching authority, the fellowship of disciples and saints, both here below and in heaven. Grace upon grace to us. As the church, we have resources beyond measure to enable us to practice the love our Savior modeled for us. And we know that the saints, known and unknown, have lived this new love commandment to the end, often against the most daunting odds. It's not impossible. But yes, the bar is high. And we should indeed love God and love our neighbor as ourselves. But more, if we aspire to be disciples of Christ, if we aspire to be church, 
Our Lord calls us to will and to do good to each other as he loved us. To the end, no holds barred. And this full love command, this new commandment, applies first and foremost to the way we in the church treat one another. Jesus is emphatic. This is how all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. We in the church? At this point, I could mourn the fractures and conflicts among those who call themselves Christian, or inveigh against sin and scandal in the heart of the church, or bemoan the sad spectacle of angry accusation that seems to be tearing our church apart today. Or I could invoke the heroic models of love that we find in the saints. But instead, I am going to be absolutely and literally parochial. Charity begins at home. And this community here at St. Paul's, this is the home of our faith. Which is why I said at the beginning that Jesus is speaking very directly here to me and to you and to all of us who are gathered here. How are we doing with this commandment to love one another as Jesus has loved us? Well, to begin, when I look back on the decades that Elka and I have been in this community as our spiritual home, I see and remember so much mutual love that it almost takes my breath away. Everyday disciples who have given each other practical help and spiritual support, formed networks of mutual care, provided guidance, or stood up for justice and truth, offered their talents and treasure to the community. Some of this love is in formal ministries. Most is invisible, but just as real. Yet, as I said before, Jesus sets the bar of mutual love very high for those of us who desire to be his disciples. And still, when we approach that bar as the church, if I could continue with this metaphor, we have been, been given a good pole to vault with. We've been blessed with the best coaching. The hometown spectators are on our side. So how might we stretch toward the bar here and now? Let me suggest two practical takeaways. The first is person to person. Certainly we know at least one person here in the community who could use our help, our support, our companionship, our guidance. Let us then commit to offering just that in a specific act in the coming week. A simple act but one that can make all the difference in a real life. The second way has to do with our community. Do we have some talent 
some aptitude for service, some treasure we could offer to build up this community of faith and prayer and love. All that we do here in the way of worship, evangelization, service, and fellowship, all of the ways we are church, depend on the gifts and participation of our community. I am overwhelmed with thankfulness when I think of it. There is so much generosity, and yet, truth be told, we are always shorthanded and underfunded. So I urge you to consider this week, do you have something to offer? Is there some way, large or small, that you might help build up this community of mutual love? Participating in a group, volunteering for a service or ministry, helping us financially. And please, step forward, speak to someone about it. Bring yourself more deeply into the community of disciples. You won't regret it. Love one another as I have loved you. We are doing that here in our community, yes. But let us also, now and this week, stretch toward our high calling as church. Commit ourselves to offer something specific to a fellow disciple and some gift to build our community of disciples in love. Thanks for listening to Within the Walls of St. Paul's Sunday Homilies. Please be sure to like us on Facebook and consider supporting us by visiting stpaulsharvardsquare.org. That's stpaulsharvardsquare.org. God bless and see you next time.